be the also the title of the message is a great God. How great they are. We've heard that saying, have we? That's going to be the title of the subject of the message and a great God. A great God that we have absolutely is none better. I'm going to take time to read three, uh, four passages of Scripture. And the last will be one, uh, Psalms 104 and verse 1. Psalms 104 and verse 1, if you want to go ahead and turn there. I'll just give you these other references if you would. You'd like to look at later. But we're going to be reading Psalms 104 verses 1 through verse 5. I do appreciate my wife being here with me today. <clears throat> we had a good service this morning. Brother Gary preached for us this morning. We certainly uh, appreciated that and had a good service as well. Uh, my children are on their way. Woody and his family and Rebecca, after church, they was, had a few things they had to take care of. Uh, my daughter Rebecca, then Woody and his family are on their way on a vacation for a week, so I'd certainly uh, covet your prayers on their behalf. They have uh, good travel mercies, and they return uh, safe and sound. Crazy old world we live in. We can't live in a cave. We can't live under a rock. We certainly plead God's mercies as we go and go about in this old world. Jeremiah chapter 32, we're going to take time to read verse 17 to verse 19 before we get down to Psalms 104. Oh, Lord God... We'll back up just a minute to the last part of verse 16. Jeremiah saying, I prayed to the Lord saying, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Thy, thou showest loving kindness in the thousands and recompenses the iniquity of the fathers of the bosom of their children after them. And then he makes descriptive words speaking about his great God. He says, The great. Capital, G-R-E-A-T, speaking about our God. One of the names of God is simply great. The great, the mighty God, the Lord of hosts is his name. Great in counsel, mighty in work, for thine eyes are open to all the ways of the sons of men to give everyone according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. And then three more passages of scripture, two in Psalms. Psalms 95, 3, for the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. Psalms 86.10, For thou art great, and this wondrous things, thou art God alone. Joel chapter 2, verse 26, it says, Our God hath dealt wondrously with you. And can't you stop for a moment and just look around you today? Reflect upon today. Has not God done wondrously for you personally and for the church that you're a member of? and your life and your fame and the lives of your children. Isn't our God a great and wonderful God? Our God does wonders for he can do nothing else. For he's a great God. Psalms 104, verse 1. Declare our God to be a great God and a very wonderful God. Let's take time to read in Psalms 104, verse 1 through verse 5. And again, this will be the, our text for today. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God, thou art very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty, who covereth thyself with light as with a garment, who stretcheth out the heavens like a curtain, who let the beams of his chambers in the waters, who maketh the clouds his chariot, who walketh upon the wings of the wind, who maketh his angels spirits, his ministers of flaming fire, who laid the foundation of the earth, that it should not be removed forever. Again, speaking about our God, what a great God. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God, thou art very great. 
How many followers just bless her today? Lord, we cannot spend hours. Lord, we cannot spend days. We cannot spend months or years. Lord, we've got all through eternity. Proclaim, we will be proclaiming and praising your great name. The great wonders of our great God. Lord, I ask you just to bless her today with what time we have allotted. Lord, we can be able to present your word. Lord, we could be drawn closer to you. Lord, if you want to hear this lost, Lord, you'd reveal unto them their great sin. But also the great Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who died. Lord, to forgive them and take care of their sin. And forgive them, Lord. Pay their sin debt. They could live forever in a place called heaven. And throughout glory, Lord, they could continually be praising and bringing forth praise into your great name. Lord, because you are a great, a great and living God. Bless her today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> the psalmist is once again declaring, as he does throughout the book of Psalms, and other, other writers of the book of Psalms as well, he's declaring the greatness of God. And our God is great in every imaginable way. I want to take time to use the word great, and let each letter of that word great stand for a different subject or a thought, or maybe a couple of thoughts, that we might be able to get just a little glimpse, just a little glimpse of the wonder of our great Lord. We had preached this message several years ago. I don't know if we may have preached it here again uh, before here in Emmanuel. So be, we pray if it's good for you the first time, be good again for you the second time. We think about the greatness of our God. Think about the letter G. Our Lord is great in what? What word comes to your mind if we think about the letter G concerning the greatness of our God? I think about grace. I think about grace all the time. Brother Gary preached this morning, what we need is not justice, but grace and mercy, the one called the mighty God and in our Savior. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7, And when we have redemption, the Bible says, through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according what? To the riches of his grace. The riches of the grace of Almighty God. Then Ephesians 2, 8, For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. All, again, by grace. He is the God of grace. Never ending, all sufficient. Grace for grace. Grace available for every reoccurring need in your life. Sometimes we think that God's not capable or God's not able or it's too much for our God or I don't want to put too much on my God. Listen, he's a great God. He's able and sufficient and capable. You take all things to your God. There's nothing too small. And really in life, I found this out in life. If I will take care of the small things, the big things generally take care of themselves. If you take into God, your God, the small things of your life, what you may consider to be small things, you take those to God, you'll find out that the larger things generally always take care of themselves as well. Our God, oh, is all sufficient God. He's a God of great grace. Also, we could say, rather quickly as we continue on, God's great and he's giving. God gives life. Life is of the Lord. Every day that we get up to breathe, life is given. And that life is given to us by our God and none other. And then we think about eternal life is granted at the hand of our God, eternal life. We think about our God in giving power and strength. 
We know those that have overcome great obstacles and great dilemmas in their life and great adversity in their life and great sickness and illness in their life, great persecutions in their life. But you see them just keep on keeping on through the power of Almighty God and the strength that God provides. The Lord promises a victorious life. Victor or victim, what are you going to be? Be victim if you want. My Lord says I can live the victorious life. And that's available to all that are children of the Lord. The Bible says he gives us joyful life. My wife said that every morning comes across the intercom wherever she works. The assistant principal, she comes across the intercom. And she makes something to the effect, maybe not word for word, but something to the effect of. Uh, makes the announcement and she says, everybody have a great day. Then she pauses and she says, but it's your choice. But it's your choice. You think about that. That's pretty something to stop and think about, isn't it? God has promised to give us what? A joyful life. And if you wake up in the morning, you're not joyful. If you don't have a joyful day throughout the day, that's not God's fault. You make the choice. You rely upon the Lord. There's joy in our Lord. But God gives abundant life. We don't have to drag through life. We'll just wait until this day to end so I can get in bed and just start over again the next day. Just drudgery through life. We ought to enjoy life. We that live in the area we live in can walk outside every day and just stop for a moment, especially this time of the year, and you see life everywhere you go. Nature, you want to call it nature, but it's the hand of God working. Everywhere we go, life and life and life everywhere. And God can give us good life and abundant life and the good things of life, the things we need in life. He gives. And God's a gracious, generous giver. You never can outgive God. And he always gives back. And he gives back extra. <clears throat> I certainly thank the Lord I'm able to stand here today. Wonderful to praise his name today. Praise our God who's great in his grace and in his giving unto you and I. Where would we be without God giving, extending his grace unto us? Number two, we think about the letter R. What greater word could we just think about as we think the greatness of our God? We think about the letter R. Is about the letter R stand for what? Redemption. Redemption. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 12 through 14. Giving thanks in the Father which hath made us to be, to be meet, made us meet, to be partakers of the hearts of the saints in light. What's that word mean, meet? What's that mean to be made meet? To make us compatible. To make us be able to come into the presence of our God. He's a holy God. He hates sin. To make us be able to come into the presence of God. Wash in the blood of the Lamb. Made us meet to be partakers of the heritage of the saints of light. To deliver us from the power of darkness. Can you remember back if you was not saved at a very early, early age? But even then, the conviction of sin certainly had to set upon your life. Because the Lord saves nobody but sinners. But as you think about and you contemplate... When you realize that the power of darkness had gripped, gripped your heart. I can certainly remember the Lord started dealing with my heart. I literally begged the Lord that I could live, that I could see the sunshine come up that morning. I wanted to see light. Because it wasn't only the darkness, the physical darkness, it was the spiritual darkness that closed in on my soul. And the Lord had showed me what a darkness I was in. You see, I was in a dark place. And I was in a lit up room, a lit up house, a lit up trailer, a lit up room. It wasn't the light that I was looking for. It wasn't that light. It was the light of the Lord Jesus Christ that I needed. 
And I found that. I found it because he started. He was showing it to me first. It took me a while to get there through the preaching of God's word, the gospel. People praying for me. The Lord continued to call me, leading me, directing me, and brought me to the place. And what he had to do was bring me to the end of myself where I had nowhere else absolutely to turn. I had nowhere else to turn to him. And that's what I did. In my bedroom, coming home from church one day, I said, Lord, I am going to go to hell. If you don't save me, I'm going to hell. I've done everything I know to do for almost, almost a year now. I've tried and practiced and stopped this and started that. But, Lord, I'm not saved. If you don't save me right now, Lord, I know I'm going to hell. But he saved me. And I praise his Lord for that, for the redemption. That redemption who delivers from the power of darkness and translates us in the kingdom of his dear son. And when we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of his sins. Great in redemption. Great in his reaching down. For me, those young girls, they'd done good. They was very polite, and they was probably, they might have, they might have been able to pick me up and stood me on my head and twirl me around like a top. I don't think so, but they could have. But you know what? They was very kind. They was very, and there's, there's things in this life that we think about is what they're able to do and what people can do and what they can't do, what they can accomplish. They might have had the power to reach down and pull me up off that table, but I could have thought that's going to be some pulled joints and pulled muscles. That Woody take care of it. He's young. He needs a bad back. How's he going to grow up and have a bad back if he don't get one when he's young? That's what I tell a lot of young people. I say, well, go ahead and grab that and put your elbow, put, put some elbow grease into it. I said, how is she going to get a bad in the back like everybody else if you don't just do, just pull everything out of joint there? Go ahead. <clears throat> Not a smart thing to do. Save your backs, young men. Save your backs. But our God, what could have picked me up out of that miry pit of sin? I jokingly sometimes say, if I fall, just go down the road, get the crane down there to train construction, get him to come up or to pick me back up, and get me up on the back of a truck, and get me to the hospital. So you ain't going to be able to do nothing with me until I have to say that. that a whole lot, there's a whole lot of truth in what I'm saying. What could have pulled me up out of that miry pit of sin? There was no crane big enough. There was no piece of machinery made big enough to pull me up out of that miry pit of sin. But my Lord did. He lifted me up and set me up on a solid rock. His great and his redemption, his power to redeem. Even redeem an old sinner like me. We're all sinners saved by grace. But think about my sins, the wretchedness of my sin. Not only was the wretchedness of my sin, but the things I have to contemplate in the future to do. It was only looking worse for me. But the Lord saved me. Great is redeeming power. Reach it out and redeem me. His hand's not shortened. All power, all power to save a wretch like me. And I praise him for that. Number three, we think about the letter E. Our Lord is eternal. Is Our God is great. Our Lord is great. And he's eternal salvation. He provides unto everyone, all those who will believe upon the name of the Savior. The Bible says not all will believe. They will not believe. Thank God for his calling in my life. Holy Spirit coming and quickening me, calling me, drawing me, saving me with an eternal salvation. Save all those who will believe upon the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who those believe on the message of the gospel according to the scriptures. And you stop just for a moment and reflect, if you would, upon. Stop for a moment and reflect, if you would, 
upon that thought, what? Eternal salvation forever and ever and ever. We read in John 3.16, John 3.36, John 1.12, 1 John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have the everlasting life. John 3.36, He that hath life, he that believeth the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. John 1, 12. But as many as received him, then he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them who believe on his name. We have to ask you a question. Are you assured of eternal life? Have you ever truly believed the message of the gospel? According to the scriptures, and know that you have eternal life. Have you ever repent of your sin, put your faith and trust in Jesus? who died and shed his blood and gave his life, become sin for you, took your sin upon himself, paid the price that you could have never paid, the price of eternity in hell. He took your wrath upon himself. He paid that sin debt for you that will believe. Have you ever believed upon Jesus today? And take time to read 1 John chapter 5. I know you heard your pastor Preaching to others and teachers in this church has taught it as well. First John chapter 5, that word no, over and over and over. As you may know, you never heard a lie. Sister Sandy and I, uh, Brother Reddick, Brother Dennis Reddick, he was down. We come in, come down and preach. We sat him at the church. and just, uh, We went to Bob Evans several times, him and his wife, and Sandy and I went to eat. We got to talking. We was even talking then about health problems and things. It wasn't long after that. Uh, I'd got... I went to the doctor, and they told me that, you know, I was going to have to get some things done with my prostrate, get some things checked. And Brother Riddick uh, called, and about the same time I was going to throw it, he called his wife, Tex Andy, and said, Brother Riddick's got the same thing going on. And he called back, text back, and we was texting back and forth, and they said, you got two little teenage girls. And I ain't talking about you teenage girls, so you ain't got nothing on me because I text with the best of you. I just got to do it with my thumb or my finger. I can't do it like you can. But I'm a texter. I do a lot of texting today. Brother Riddick and I was texting back and forth. He's about 75, and here I'm almost 62. We're heavy texters. We're sitting there texting back and forth. And he said, Brother, ain't that something? So we both called about the same time. So we both got it about the same time. I said, we'll blame it on Bob Evans. He said, that's a good thing. So that's all I'll tell us. That story will stick to it. We got Bob Evans to give it to us. Me and Sandy's back up Bob Evans again. <laughs> what they say? I ain't going to say what they say. We went on back up to Bob Evans, and we were sitting there, and as the lady come by, and she kept looking at my band on my hand. I was waiting in between tests, and she said, uh, "She said you're all. She said you're getting ready to have. You been in the hospital?" I said, "No." I said, "I got some tests. I'm getting ready to go back and have some more." And she said, uh, and she just looked, kind of nodded. Someone else got her attention. I thought she could really say, "Well, I'll be praying for you." And maybe she said that said something maybe similar to that, not just those words. And a little bit, I asked her. I said, "Ma'am, were you a Christian?" And I said, "Are you saved?" And here's what she said. Oh, I hope I am. And she walks away. And certain things about her you can kind of detect. The, probably the denomination she went to. And you also, along with that denomination, you know exactly what they preach and teach. I hope so, salvation. And my wife Sandy said, how sad. I said, how sad that she said that. I said, it is sad, honey. She said, that she hopes so. She's not sure. She said, no. I said, she's not sure. 
She's brought up in a church and has been taught, no doubt, all of her life. That she, all she's got is hope, but her hope is not the hope we have. Her hope is a whimsical hope. It's a maybe so hope. Our hope is anchor the soul. Our hope is a sure hope. She had no hope of salvation. Had no hope of salvation. The Bible says you and I can know we're saved. You say, how can I know? Because the Holy Spirit comes in your heart. God's Word says it. The Holy Spirit's already sealed it. He's within your heart. We may know we have eternal life. Then we think about the letter A. Our Lord is great in His attributes. Listen, I could be here for hours upon end and not expound upon all the great attributes of our Lord. To name only a few, first and foremost, holiness, which all the other attributes of God are derived from and flow from. Our God is holy. Never forget it, the holiness of our God. We think about love, truth, power, wisdom, compassion. All these attributes, all these attributes show our Lord to be what? A great God. Then number five, the letter T. True. Our God's true. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 20, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding that we may know Him that is true. We are in Him that is true. Even in His Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. To know God is to know His Son. To know the Son. I'm talking about knowing God with your heart, not with your head. Knowing Him with your heart, not your head. To know His Son. To know the Son is to know truth. To know the Word of God, that they be true. To receive the Word of God in your heart. The words of the Lord. The messages of the Gospel. To have that, receive that, believe that, to trust that, is to have eternal life. Be saved today. Be saved today. You that are, are saved, declare to all our Lord, our Savior, to be a great God. Eternal heaven is your home. What's the alternative? A place of everlasting fire and damnation and fire and brimstone forever and ever and ever. A sense of falling, a sense of darkness, a sense of choking for eternity. Excruciating pain. Hell. Why? Because of sin. But it don't have to be that way for nobody. The most vilest sinner, the most vilest sinner, the Bible said, can be as white as snow. Though his skin's, sins may be scarlet, be white as snow. Be saved today. And if you're saved, take time to declare our Lord to be the great God that he is. In Psalms 145, it's uh, 12 verses, but I think it's certainly worth reading here today that I want to read to you. Speak about our great God. I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and great to be praised, and his greatness unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works another, and it shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of the majesty and of the wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might of the terrible acts. And I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. 
The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercy over all his works. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom, talk of thy power, to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. He's a great, great God and a mighty God, a wonderful God. And there is absolutely none better. I'll fly away. In Titus chapter 2, verse 13 and 14, and we're coming to a rather quick and sudden close. In chapter 2, verse 13 and verse 14, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify himself of peculiar people, Zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify himself of peculiar people. Zealous of good works. Jesus Christ gave himself to bring about the salvation of all those who come in him by faith gave himself. One day heaven will be our home. He gave himself, the Bible says, redeemed us from all iniquity, purified himself of peculiar people. What else did Jesus give us as we think about as we close? I'll tell you what Jesus gave us, our great God gave us. He gave a manual. He gave you a great pastor and a great pastor's wife. He certainly did. Cream of the crop. Where you should look and ask for any better. You know what else he gave? He gave him your great pastor and your great pastor's wife. He gave him a great people to pastor. He gave him a great people to pastor. I probably shared, you've heard me preach twice, you've heard all my stories three times. Brother Homer Crane, I'll never forget when I heard him preach that time. It stuck in my mind as a young preacher because it, it stuck in my mind. I was called to preach. And when I started preaching, I thought about it many times. He just happened. He said he just happened to walk into the church. The church was the first church he pastored. He happened to walk in. He thought things were going so well in that church. He happened to walk in and said, well, the oldest deacons in the church are sitting there. He said he loved the man. He, he said the man loved him. But he walked in, he said, that old deacon was sitting in there praying in the church. He's praying out loud. Brother Crane said he walked in, said old deacon was praying. And he said, no, Lord. He said, you give us a preacher. He don't know anything, Lord. He's just as dumb as he can be about the scripture. He don't know how to do this. He don't know how to do that. He just kept talking about Brother Crane. Brother Crane's heart just kept sinking lower and lower. But he went ahead to say, God, you're a great God. And you can take him and make something out of him, Lord. And we're going to stand behind him. We're going to love him, Lord. You make something out of him. I think Brother Crane, he's the greatest preacher I've ever listened to preach God's Word. And I assume he's just as good as pastor. He's a great missionary for years. And Sister Wanda Mayfield. The Lord, it takes a great church to make a great pastor. He made a great pastor out of Brother Crane. And the Lord's given you great God, give you a great pastor and pastor's wife, give you great people for them to pastor. 
what? For the purpose in this community to bring great and wonderful things. The, the gospel message to these people around here. And preaching to the word, the eternal word, of Almighty God. To the glory and the honor of the Lord to see people saved. I'm going to say this and close with all sincerity of heart. There's a lot of churches, especially with the COVID that's come, there's a lot of churches that's got in terrible trouble with attendance and people falling away from the Lord. And there's a lot of churches that you can go into and you hear, and even sometimes you hear churches and people say, I can remember back what it used to be like. Baptist Church, I don't think you don't have to say that. I don't think you do say that. I don't know all the history, but Jim shared a little bit of the history. My great grandfather, my great grandfather, my great great grandfather got this because he worked on Sunday. I remember Brother Jim told me that in the record books here at church. It might have been a church that was much more glorious in their outreach and their work and their service. say right now, look what great things God's doing for us right now. Amen. And you can be thankful about it. I'm not saying to get built up in pride and arrogance and think that there's nowhere else to go and you just, you know, you're you're at the top of the heap and that's it. In the service of the Lord, it's always onward and forward. Right. A man asked me one time, so when are you going to quit telling us and asking us and wanting us to always do more? And it shocked me. I said, I reckon when the Lord comes, he takes us out of here. I said, I don't know when to stop. When do we stop? The Lord gives us people, Lord gives us abilities and talents and monies to do. Just keep on doing. Just keep right on to doing. And it continues you doing. It's not just here, but it's abroad as well. Just keep on to doing. But thank God you don't have to look back and say, man, remember how it used to be. Rejoice in what God's done for you right now. And you all do. That's how people come here, preachers come here, they like coming here. They'd be a blessing to us. They want to be a blessing. I want to be a blessing to you. They can receive the blessing being with you. Why? Because you know you got a great God. You don't care to sing about it, pray about it, preach it, declare it. Thank God for your prayers. Thank God for the good words I've heard already this evening concerning me. Thank God for that. Brother John.